tonight on Whiskey Waffle. I've been up the Duff Town, have you? I have definitely been up the Duff Town. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we've established some sort of chocolate <laughs> and some sort of fruit. Using the word leather ring in this context is going to concern a lot of people. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Good evening, everybody, and welcome along to Whiskey Waffle, a whiskey-flavoured podcast. Deliciously whiskey-flavoured. Oh, yes, definitely so. But is it a smoky whiskey podcast, or is it a sort of a light and fresh and floral whiskey podcast? Well, tonight, I think we're going more down the light and fresh vibe and path. Mm. But before we get into that, Ooh. my name is Ted. And my name is Nick. And we are... The aforementioned Whiskey Waffle, who we run the, this very tasty podcast. Yes, and welcome to episode number 45, where we look at one of Scotland's premier whiskey regions. It's a big one. Anyway, welcome. Thank you for listening. Pour yourselves a dram and settle into your comfiest of armchairs, because um, it's time that we took a stroll down some whiskey tangents. Yes, indeedy. Now, what are we drinking first up tonight? Um, uh, well, seeing as we're talking about Space Side, the, um, there's no secret of that now unless you didn't read the title before <laughs> pressing play. Although, you know, you, you're probably that listener that would uh, just see Whiskey Waffle hit play. I know I would be. But no, um, this is all about Space Side. So we poured ourselves some Space Side whiskey, and uh, this one is one that we are quite fond of and yet haven't drunk much of. Yeah. Do we even know how to pronounce it? Well,. I'm going to give it a crack, Yep. and someone is going to get on the uh, socials afterwards <laughs> and go, well, Ted, you didn't pronounce that properly. It's pronounced like this. Um, no, this, so this is Tumdu. Tumdu? Tumdu, I think. I feel like, yeah. Tumdu? Might be a Tumvu, maybe. Mm. So Tumdu um, has a bit of a thing for um, sherry maturement. Mm, they're all about the sherry. All about the sherry. Shuri. Yeah. Sherry. Surely <laughs> they're about the sherry. Um, so this this one is a 15-year-old limited release, which mm. in Scotland probably means there's a bazillion bottles. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Tasmania, it means there's 12. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this is the 15. It's got a very pretty, very pretty box. Mm. Very, very uh, nice. It's a, this sort of beautiful uh, royal blue with gold sort of filigreeing on it. Yeah, it's very, uh, very great Gatsby. Yeah, you're right. It's got that kind of um, Art Deco mm. sort of uh, vibe to the patterning. It's, well, I haven't actually tried it yet. I've been too busy uh, <laughs> waffling about the box. Indeed, indeed. No, it's it's definitely sherry, but it's not sweet. Mm. It's got a very juicy palate. Yeah. Um, why haven't we drunk more of this, Ted? This is very drinkable. I know. I, I, don't, I don't know. We're always doing this. We're buying, you know, nice looking bottles and then we're opening them and sharing them and having a dram each. And then we're kind of putting them back on the shelf and leaving them there. Yeah, this is a problem. We need to I've, revisit I've been, these things. I've been trying to kill things lately. So just, just some... Uh, well, just to clarify, people, he means whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you know of. <laughs> well, before we get on to uh, proper details about the theme, we've got a very exciting announcement to make. We do. We do. We have... Another Patreon follower. Hey, welcome aboard, sir. Welcome aboard. And because he has joined at the requisite level, he is now an official waffler, which means some inducting. Cue the dramatic music. We induct you as an official waffler. To pontificate purposefully. And verbalise verbosely. Lord Walden. Lord Walden. Yes. <laughs> An actual goddamn freaking Lord is on our team. He is, he is. Lord Walden originally uh, got in contact with us about some adventures in Tasmania. But then it turns out that we had a lasting and corrupting influence on him. I just want to <laughs> read out... We have broken Lord Walden. Yeah, I want to read out an email that he sent us after um, the trip. Just wanted to send out a big thank you to you both for sending me broke. <laughs> the story begins Oops. with a recommendation to buy a bottle of the Elixir of Life from Sheen, which I did on my much-loved tour of your fantastic island. Good work. The problem starts here. I further listened to your Sheenisode in which you talk about just how good the elixir is. So I buy the bottle. It's out of control. I'm going to buy two more bottles before there are no more. <laughs> then I say to myself, Jesus, this Sheen stuff is great. Who's, excuse my ignorance, the distiller? Damien Mackey. Then I buy Enigma because Sheen to be is going to be no more. And then I read up on Callington Mill, sell my bottle of Sullivan's Cove pilot cask to Nick's wine merchants. And then I spend the money and buy Callington Mill Emulsion because it was distilled by Mackie at Sheen. Says something about Turkish delight. 
How could I not buy it? <laughs> anyway, down the rabbit hole, thanks to you fellas. And I want to tell you, Mainland Whiskey has nothing on the whiskey aisle. Nice. He also said that uh, I think he's putting aside a um, Sheen Elixir every paycheck until they run out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great strategy. Yeah, yeah. Well, good we man, have. We, it sounds like we've created a monster. We have. We have. And, so, we're, and we're feeding him. <laughs> sorry, sorry to Lady Walden. Thanks for joining up, Lord Walden. I think maybe a couple of serendipities might be coming your way in the uh, first uh, mail out of your patreon experience anyway um we got distracted with celebrating how awesome um people are mm. we were actually going to talk about how awesome people are well yes but also how awesome whiskey ah, yes. from Speyside in scotland is made by people made by people indeed <laughs> i mean well is is there not just spontaneous generation does it not well up from the from the uh source of the river spay and flow down the river to the sea and they just come down and dip bottles into um, and then put a bit of caramel colouring to get the different... Uh... <laughs> I am assuming that's how Glenfiddich works. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, let's get started. The Waffle. Nicholas? Yes? Where the hell is Speyside? It is um, on the side of the Spey. On the side of the Spey. Is it? Is it a state? Um, is, it, is it like... Yeah, a- inebriation is the state usually. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, if, if you spend a day travelling through Speyside mm. <laughs> with, a, with a very kind driver to take you through... Indeed. Um, yes, the end of the day is very much a state of inebriation. <laughs> yeah, but no, this is the thing. It is a whiskey region of Scotland, one of the, the big five or six, but it's not really defined under any strict geographical lines. Why is she not, not quite? It used to not be. Mm. These days it is a little bit more... Recently, um, in the past uh, however many years, there's been a redefinition of what Speyside actually is and what distilleries specific fall, specifically fall under it as well. Do so. tell. So 2009 was when it happened. So Because um, there used to be this whole thing of like, this distillery is calling itself Speyside, this one's calling itself Highland, mm-hmm. but they're essentially next-door neighbours. Yeah. And so it's, there's always been a, a good bit of confusion about um, what it means to be Speyside. But so the Scotch Whiskey Regulations 2009 cleared that up. I don't have exactly what's in it, but I can tell you that some that fell out yeah. include Glendronic, yep. Ardmore, okay. Tomerton, yeah. Macduff, yeah. Anarch, mm-hmm. and Royal Brackler. Yeah, right. And these ones are ones that always market themselves as Highland yeah. whiskies. And I wonder if they sort of drew the lines on the map according to these guys want out, these guys want in, like a sort of Brexity sort of thing. Yeah, very very much voting line. Uh, yeah, yeah. Interestingly, yeah. one of the things I find interesting about that sort of thing is the distillery Speyside. It's just about as far away from sort of the centre of Speyside as, as any of them on the entire list. And yet yeah. its name is Speyside. Yeah, we did a whole episode on this a little while back. It's sort of Speyside versus the Highlands. Basically, originally there was the Lowlands and the Highlands. And then Speyside was squarely in the Highlands. But it just became such a big and important region that it became a section all to itself. Um, And that's what we have these days. Sort of formed itself over the course of this. Like, there was never any time where it was like there was officially Speyside now. It was sort of an organic thing throughout the 1700s, 1800s. Um, till 2009, apparently, and now it's officially locked in. Yeah, and I suppose one of the region, one of the regions, one of the reasons why it definitely deserves to sort of have this sort of geographical indicator around it is that it has, amazingly, in this in this sort of one area, 50 to 60 percent of the distilleries in Scotland. Yeah, this has always been the heart of whiskey production in Scotland, and. All the technological advances, such as trains, have only benefited. And um, these days it still continues to produce so many. In fact, three of the highest selling whiskies uh, in the world come from within a few kilometres of each other. Yeah, you may have heard of them. Indeed. So the big three are Glenfiddich, Glenlivet and Macallan. And they account for nearly one third of Scotland's whisky production. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty incredible, actually. Like one of the reasons why that area has had such an abundance of um, distilleries is, I suppose, one is the water source. Yes, so, let's talk about the water source. What is the water source, Ted? 
Well, it's a source of water. Yeah. <laughs> what um, is their water source? Well, I think there's a couple, actually. But, mm. I mean, the main one is the River Spey. Yeah, the River Spey, hence Speyside. And the River Spey is either, depending on where you read it, the second or third longest river in Scotland. But everywhere says it's the fastest flowing. Apparently, so the Spey River has one of the softest waters um, in Scotland, apparently. It's mm. it's very, very soft, not much going on, on the way of minerals. So that's maybe something that affects the... Yeah, and also very good for salmon fishing, I hear. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Um, yep, so the water is one thing. What else? Uh, what else? Um, a high number of barley farms mm. going around barley farms farms that grow barley <laughs> yeah indeed indeed it, it's just the right conditions to grow barley for yeah, malting it's, it's quite warm it's quite mild um relatively speaking it's fertile very fertile region mm. um, you've also got i suppose in the more modern times broadly speaking modern times uh development of rail through the region yep. plus you can get stuff down the river too yep. um access to ports mm. um so i mean you can head up north the the sort of the bottom Elgin. end of it kind of your glen liberty region that's reasonable away from the sea mm. but you can easily get what you produce there to a port and out over the waves yeah and another reason traditionally um is there's all these like Hills and valleys, or glens as they're romantically known, all these hidden away glens and all these glens have all these almost microclimates ensuring that one distillery is never going to have the same maturation conditions mm. as the next. And I also read it's uh, perfect for some um, sneaky little illicit distilling in all these hidden valleys and whatnot. Um, hence the uh, Glenlivet Illicit Still, named after all those guys. Yes. So, well, Glenlivet. Mm. Glenlivet, while, while Glenfiddich these days is the highest-selling single malt whiskey uh, in the world, yep. uh, or single malt scotch whiskey in the world. That's partly to do with the fact that it was the one that rode the top of the wave when single malts became sort of the thing in the 80s. Mm. Um, Glen Livet is actually the Speyside distillery. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I- I- even the Scottish distillery, when you sort of think about it from the last 200 years sort of terminology. Speyside wasn't even really a thing back then. No. Glenlivet was the thing. Yeah, this is it. Glenlivet. It was just another word for whiskey. Well, it, it was always associated with high quality whiskey. So George George uh, Smith, I think his name is. Yep. Uh, George Smith founded uh, Glenlivet in 1824. Or... Uh, the Excise Act came out 1823. Let's get, yeah. let's get in and tax those illegal... That's it. I think, think they were probably uh, ticking a little bit before then, but anyway. And so the first licence to legally distill whiskey in the Highlands was granted in 1824 to one George Smith and his son John Gordon Smith um, in Glenlivet. And Glenlivet became such a sort of a, a mark of respect that you got this weird thing happening in other distilleries where you got a Glenlivet suffix occurring so you would get um some of these distilleries like mccallan glenlivet or glenfarclas glenlivet or ablau glenlivet yeah and some of these still remain there to this day and some independent butlers leave it on there i was looking at a picture of like a dufftown glenlivet that was released in like the 80s yeah, it's, it's, this is not even like a traditional thing. This has been going around for a while. So the word just Glenlivet was just synonymous with quality whiskey. Mm. And they're still to this day the number one selling Scottish whiskey in America. Yeah, and that's that's really important where the whole ability to transport their spirit mm. to the sea. Access. Access. Mm. And one of the other things they would do with this access is they would be able to get their product to the big blending houses in the south mm. near the big cities. Um, and they would be regarded like Speyside was properly blend central. Like this is the stuff that you want to mix like because it's got enough flavor but also got enough sort of lightness and balance that it's just going to blend perfectly. And they got known as the capital of filling malts. Yeah, well, I suppose if you think about it, even today when people chase after the single malts, Really, the market domination is by the blends, and mm. that was even more so back in the last century Almost or so. Almost exclusively, yeah. Um, and so you've got to think that a region that has over 50% of Scotland's distilleries, a huge amount of that production there is going into all sorts of different blends. And even as the single malt started to take off, um, this thing called independent bottlers also became a, a thing that was starting to develop, and the very first independent bottlers, at least the one that have lasted to the current day um gordon and mcphail 
Yeah, um, these guys um, started off as a grocery shop in Elgin, mm. in the you know north of Speyside, um, top of this area, and um, yeah, they've produced some of the most oldest and rarest single malt spirit because they were doing it independently and not having to fulfill any blending contracts. And then you head a bit further south from Elgin and you get to Dufftown. Dufftown. Beautiful little town. Yeah, great, great name. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I've been up the Dufftown, have you? I have definitely been up the Dufftown. Yeah, yeah, after yeah. a few drams. Anyway, yeah, so home of Glenfiddich, Balvaney and Kininvie. And that's just one little site. Mm. Duff, Dufftown, I believe, as well mm. as a distillery. Yeah, and, um, and Mortlark, mm. I think, uh, there as well. Mm. And then you sort of like you've got sort of sprawl around the place, like yeah, you you follow different routes and you sort of find different areas. So there's a few roundabouts that all four mm. directions point to these famous distilleries. Yeah, so like I think there's a good roundabout where if you if you're sort of heading south, if you turn right, you can go to McKellen. If you turn left, you can go to Glenfarclas. Mm. And if you go and if you keep going south, you get to Abelau. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So there's some pretty incredible density of distilleries. Yeah, so that's that's kind of a, I suppose, a bit of a, a rundown of... Um, yeah, what Speyside distilleries truly are. But yeah. Now, my question for you is this, Ted. Do all Speyside whiskies taste the same? Yes. <laughs> they, they, they Unequivocally. Are, yeah. uh, they are the bourbon of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it described, though. This is the thing. I have heard it being described in comparison to tasting bourbons. There's flavour within that spectrum, but... You know, it's a narrow gap, but I, I dispute this because I, I really think there are two distinct flavors of Speyside. I'd, I like to think there are two Speysides to every story. That is a very good way of putting it, sir. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll uh, give you the first one. Yep. So these are these are what you might call your lunchtime whiskies. Mm. And this is probably what people think about if they just think sort of straight up. Yep without sort of then contemplating it too much further and then thinking of some of those very famous ones that are nothing like this. But um, so light, elegant, Mm -hmm. sort of grain-driven, sort of light fruit-driven, very, very sort of delicate whiskies. Yeah, floral. Um, Very very sort of bourbon-casking, floral, light on the palate, light Just gently malty, very light in colour, heather, honey, vanilla. And it's all about the casking because they've been in ex-American oak bourbon casks and usually second or third fill. Mm. And they make a really easy, pleasant whiskey. We're not degrading that in any way. It's great. And especially depending on the weather, I find that they're really good sunny afternoon whiskies. Probably some probably like a, some really good examples of that. Yeah, Glenn Levitt's, mm-hmm. Glenn Fittick's. Glenn Grant. Glenn Grant. Yeah, particularly Glen Grant, Glen Murray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those are those are ones that will give you really sort of just genuine Speyside style. Yep, and a lot that will end up in blends as well. But on the other hand, there is another distinct character of Speyside, and this is a hundred percent due to the influence of European oak sherry casking. Mm. The really heavily fruited, almost sweet but certainly dried fruit, Christmas pudding nature of sherry casks. Some of the big distilleries doing sherry casks, Ted? Well, uh, Macallan. Yeah, Macallan have traditionally been always one of those ones, although it's getting harder to find their yeah. sherried stock. Glenfarclas. Glenfarclas, absolutely. Arbalow. Yep, and the one we're drinking right now. Tamdu. Yeah, mm. so there are quite a few. But um, I really think they are two delicious flavours, but two completely too, separate. Too delicious. Yeah, they're just too delicious to live. They must be drunk immediately. <laughs> no, there's there's multiple delicious flavors, um, and they're very much. I can divide them into two categories. Let's forget some of the peated spacesides. So give me um four big spaceside distilleries, Ted, that Ooh. everyone that's listening will have tried. Glenfiddich. Yep. Glenlivet. Yep. Uh well, then it then it's sort of I suppose they're 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 like the key too. I mean, mm-hmm. you could say McCallum, but then not then, everyone's going to have tried a McCallum. Yep. that's probably uh, I'd probably say maybe like a Glenfarclas. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. I think they're they're definitely in my list. Glen Murray, probably. Yeah, Glen Murray as well. Um, I'd like to include uh, Abelau as well. Yep. Oh, that, um, that were another one. I was and it to. wouldn't be a proper discussion if we didn't mention Balvaney. Mm. We love a bit of Balvaney. And I like to throw out a little mention of Craggenmore as well, who I think really true Speyside style. That that first category we talked about, those mm. bourbon casking, light, elegant, floral, honeyed. 
Yeah, so we're pretty excited about Spaceside right now. And we hope that, um, yeah, we hope you guys are too. We hope it's not being taken for granted and forgotten about the old Spaceside. Glenn granted. Yeah, taken for Glenn granted. William granted and sons. Yeah, yeah William granted and sons. <laughs> it is a significant, significant part of the Scottish whiskey industry. I'd go so far as to say that there would be no Scotch whiskey as we know it at the present day if it wasn't for Speyside. Yeah, absolutely. And look, Speyside, probably, probably generally... Speyside is what people are going to have tried first if they've tried whiskey. Mm. It's, it's probably likely that they'll have tried... Um, At least 90% of that Johnny Walker they had. Yeah. Um, but then if they go to a single malt, there's a good chance they're going to have a Glenfiddich or a Glenlivet. Mm. Yeah, I've got to say like so. That. Someone's going to pour him a Macallan because they heard it was fancy. Yeah. They saw uh, James Bond shoot one off. Uh, a, uh, <laughs> or failed to shoot one off there. Failed Bond shoot. girl's head, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's... It is a part of the world which is one of a kind. It's he's giving me this look because he thinks I'm going to say something like very unique. <laughs> ah, he said it. He it's, said it. It's so one of a kind. <laughs> so one of a kind. Uh, but it is, and I could not recommend more highly. If you're doing a trip through Scotland, make sure you get up to Speyside. Mm. Just to wander around the streets of Dufftown and eventually wander down to Glenfiddich. Like it's 100% the whiskey capital of the world. It is well worth the price of admission. Mm. Which is free if you just go into the uh, visitor <laughs> centre. <laughs> I'm just going to say Gordon McPhail now and cut it back in. Yeah. Gordon McPhail. Mm. <laughs> I'm not going to say Gordon Are you going to say Gordon McPhail? I'm not going to say Gordon McPhail. Gordon and Miss ha- Hashtag fail. <laughs> <laughs> the whiskey. I've always thought that Longmorn sounded like a legendary sword out of a uh, fantasy series of some or something like so waffle took up his mighty blade longmorn and slew the dragon with it like that sort of thing or yeah it was yeah. better better than a dong fondler which was another <laughs> yeah. name of sword i think what was my sword when we went overseas it was a dram slayer yeah it's quite a good name for a sword yeah <laughs> no mine mine's mine's called dongmorn Dongmorn. Yeah, well, uh, there we go. Yeah. Inspired by the dram we have in our yeah, yeah, glass but tonight. I've, I've always just thought that, yeah, Longmorn sounds like the name of a sword. Anyway, but Long, Longmorn is not actually a, the name of a sword, as much as I'd like it to be. No. Just, it was just this morning that just would yeah. not end. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it is, in fact, the name of a distillery in Speyside. Mm. I've been the, there. The one that we are drinking tonight. You've been there. I've what, been there. What was it like? Uh, boring. All right. <laughs> it's... It's a very much like I suppose you get two two sort of sorts of distilleries in Speyside. You get the ones with like beautiful visitor centres, like mm. all this stuff, like this is how we produce it. Immaculate lawns, pagodas. Yeah. Then you've got production distilleries, which kind of like it, I suppose it reminds me a bit of say like Benriac. Mm. Uh, yeah, Benriac are building a new visitor centre. Yeah, right. Yep. Okay, you'd be able to visit them next time. Yeah, maybe. so long long one was it looked basically like. A farm. Okay, right. So the buildings themselves weren't even like really big, imposing ones. No, like more like this industrial. Just, yeah, it just kind of had this industrial like, vibe. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So they make this whiskey, and the particular one we are drinking is the sixteen-year-old. Now, this is I must comment mm. that this is an older model of sixteen-year-old. Mm. So if you're looking these days, you'll see it in like a purpley coloured box. This one that we've got it in is like a sort of a grey kind gun of... Gunmetal. Yeah, gunmetal <laughs> box. Charcoal, yeah. Um, um, but it is a very nice box, and even the bottle has some nice touches. Yeah, the, the bottle has this sort of weird fake metal thing around the... Little collar. Metal, metal collar. But then, it just so randomly, it's got a leather ring around the base. <laughs> Using the words leather ring yeah, <laughs> in I know. this context is... Going to concern a lot of people. It makes me think like business toy. <laughs> and by toy, you mean... <laughs> yeah. Um, like the, the box sort of doesn't open from the from the top. It's like got a flip up front, which is... Opens on an angle. Opens on an angle, which is kind of cool, except when you try to pick it up from the top, the whole bottom swings out and you're in danger of losing the bottle out of it's it. It's like, yeah, it is, it is a bit like gullowing doors in a Lamborghini though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just... The bottle with the leather and the little iron sort of choker on it. <laughs> Maybe it's a kink bottle. <laughs> Maybe it is. There you go, patrons. You're receiving a dram of kink bottle whiskey. So, 
Space Eyed, brackets, age 16 years, slash single malt, close bracket. Well, that's all the stats you need, except non, for a percentage. Non-chilled filter, 48%. Ooh. So, 48, 48%. Got to bump it up for that little special kick for the um, 16 years. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, it doesn't say on the bottle. I had to go and research it, but it has been in ex-American oak casks and sherry casks. Yeah, it's actually, well. it has very little detail. I don't know what the new bottle is like, mm. but the old one certainly is very coy about what's actually happened to the whiskey. I'd, I'd just like to read you this comment. I, th- I feel like there's something slightly funny about it. Okay. Not funny in the ha-ha sense, more just a bit sort of... Odd. So, Longmorn is a malt of great renown. Okay. But until now, a hidden jewel. Right. I, I, do those do those two things kind of like... Great renown for those few people that have heard of it. Yeah. It, they, they say it, it is a malt of great renown, but it's a hidden jewel as well. It's like, a great renown if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, here we go with our gimp whiskey. Gimp whiskey, yeah. It's all a bit of BDSM. Bloody delicious space art malt. Ah, love it. <laughs> Bloody delicious space art malt. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what BDSM stands for. Exactly right. Yeah. That's what I've always thought. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's drink the bloody whiskey. Mm, kind of chocolatey, sort of cocoa-y on the nose, I think. White chocolate even. It's mm? bit of white chocolate, and, white chocolate or, and raspberry. Yeah, or chocolate orange, a bit of that. Okay, we've established some sort of chocolate. <laughs> and some sort of fruit. <laughs> yeah. Narrowed it down. <laughs> yes. Is that... Sour plums? No, it's not sour plums, but I do yeah. think it's hazelnut. Mm. Nuts, chocolate. It's, it's sort of pick and mix, isn't it? Mm. A bit of dried fruit, a bit of nuts. Yeah, a bit dried of apricots are definitely there too. That's that zing I was talking about. Mm. But I think it's it's definitely heavy on the bourbon casking. Yeah. More so than the pruny sort of sherry thing. Oh, well, shall we have a little sip? I think we shall. Sip, sip, sip. It tastes. Like sword swallowing. <laughs> no, no, it's not that prickly. It's um, but it's got some life, and I think the forty-eight percent has a lot mm. to do with that. It's got some juice to it. Yeah, but gosh, it's it's elegant as well. Mm. Would you say it tastes like something that is renowned, but also a hidden gem? Um, yeah, we'll go with one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so just just this is on the back of the box. Built on the place of the holy man, and named after Saint Manic. I don't know how St. Marnock translates to Longmorn, but... He had a sword. <laughs> it was called Longmorn. Yeah, could have done. The Longmorn distillery has sheltered its secrets since 1894. There you go. Mm. Against all adversity, it has been guarded by someone with a big sword and kept alive by generations of whiskey lovers. So, did you know that Longmorn 16, in fact, a picture of this exact bottle with its uh, gimpy collar, um, is in the 101 Legendary Whiskies book? There you go. Yeah, it says that, um, make no mistake about it, this is quality stuff. For its complexity, the elegant balance of weight and subtle smoothness, and for the huge nose and extended finish... You've got a huge nose and extended finish. (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) That's what the ladies say. (laughs) This enjoys legendary status among blenders, especially with Shivers Brothers. There you go. Mm. Um, Do you like it, Ted? Yes, I do. I do like it as well. It's, It's hard to really categorize without lapsing into cliché. I'm talking about caramel and vanilla, but it's very enjoyable, and the 48% makes it a bit more exciting than some of its ilk. Yeah. In fact, it's really caramelly on the palate. Mm. I do still like that there's a fresh, juicy, zesty Mm. sort of vibrancy. Mandarin-y sort of. Mm. Yeah. Well. Well. We should probably give it a score. Yeah, that... I actually, I actually find this quite hard to score. I quite like the um the, the gimpy leather ring and the the steel collar, um, but I think the whiskey itself I'm probably going to leave it a three. Yeah, absolutely. I think this falls easily within that three category, which yeah. most things we try do. Um, yeah, I guess so. Law of averages. Mm. Uh, I think yeah, this is definitely good. Mm. It's not got enough spark to drive it up to a four. It's not boring in any way or shit in any way. So no. I think it doesn't deserve to go down. So it merits another drink. Absolutely. And yes, as you mentioned, our patrons are going to be helping us to kill this bottle. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So I'd be really interested to know their thoughts as well mm. as we knock this one off. Yes. Have you actually, has anyone actually, I suppose, had Longmorn before? 
Have if you had, so, have you had the gimpy one, the old yeah, one? Yeah, have you had the old one? I don't know. See, I don't know whether the new one has the leather ring. Mm, I know. It um, just doesn't taste the same without the leather ring. Yeah, so have you tried the new one? Does mm. it have a leather ring on it? And do you agree with me and think that Longmorn sounds like the name of a sword? This this seems to be a thing about um, uh, Space Eye. Do you get some... Unimaginative names. Yeah. Ben Romack, Ben Riak. Knock and do, knock do. Don't get me started on the Glens. Yeah, well. Head to head. Nick, mm. do you like your whiskey natural? No, but I do like it au natural. <laughs> you pretentious wanker. <laughs> um, it could have been said to me on episode one. It's still true today. Um, Ted, this is one heck of a head to head. Yeah. It's- we haven't... Done Big many, one. yeah, cask strength versus cask strength. But um, it's all about cask strength with this natural whiskey, naturist whiskey. Yeah, natural. Na- naturalist. Nadra it is. Yeah, so this is a Glenlivetoff. Indeedy do it is. Now we have two fairly fierce contenders here. So, mm. in my left hand, I am holding the uh, Glenlivet Nadra. Non-chill filtered single malt scotch whiskey with original distillery character. Excellent. It has been aged for 16 years at natural cask strength. Mm. Being 54.7%. Yeah, and the reason you've got it out today is because it needs killing. It does need killing. We have killed it, which yep. means we've got a bloody big tram each of it. Yep. <laughs> it was it was slightly more than probably was... Uh... Stay tuned for the outro tonight, folks. Yeah. Um, and so this one comes from batch number... 0613X and it is an X bourbon cast uh, Asian first fill American oak barrels and that is the most important fact when it turns into the comparison in my right hand <laughs> I am holding the Glenlivet Nadra single malt scotch whiskey it's been bottled and released in small batches with no chill filtration and matured in first fill Oloroso sherry casks and bottled at cask strength and significantly, there is no age statement on this one, is there? Correct. Our first one was a 16-year-old. This one does not have a number on it. Well, it's got a number of numbers on it, but not, <laughs> not, not that number. Statement. So some of the other numbers, it was bottled in March 2017 mm. from batch number OL0317. It's at a natural cast strength of 60.3%. So, oh, that's a bit higher. Yeah. Riding, riding high above the uh, cheeky little American contender. Mm. And it's a product of Scotland. Yeah, excellent. So basically, we have two Nadras. One's bourbon cask, one's sherry cask. The bourbon cask is an age statement, one of their very first Nadra releases. And the second one is when they started going Nadra crazy and releasing all these younger ones. But significantly, the second one is a sherry, pretty much first fill Oloroso, and a higher percentage. So there's a few kicks and thrills involved in that. So... We're comparing them today to see the differences, similarities, and I think I'm going to ask you, Ted, for a judgment caller as to which is better. Right. I reckon we can do that. Mm. Do you reckon it's meant to be nadara? Maybe. Did we point out the whole natural intro that we're going with? That's what nadra means. It means natural. Yes. Gaelic definition, nadra. Natural. So natural being natural cast strength, I believe. So the 16-year-old is a lot lower. Um, but you'd expect that over oh, it's, time. It's very low now. It's it's in yeah, fact empty. The bottle's empty. Yeah, but the percentage is lower as well, and that's because over time it continues to drop, and it's been 16 years, and therefore it's dropped lower than the Oloroso, which has not had as much time. We suspect. I'm guessing nine years or younger, mm. possibly younger. But head to head is all about comparing the stuff. So let's have a, a sip and a, and a yeah, nose let's and, do a, it. So and as- a snort and a. Enema, and let's see which one we like the best. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I suppose as a category, Nadra's for Glenlivet are, yeah, these natural cast strengths that are, have different barrel agings. I've just had a sip of the 16-year-old bourbon cask, and at first it was a shock, and then I decided I really liked it. <coughs> There's the shock, and he's about to say he really likes it. <laughs> I think that went down the wrong way a bit. <laughs> it was too much of a shock. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not too bad. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, the, it's that classic sort of, um, movie, uh, whiskey drinking thing. It's like, 
have have this sip of probably something that's like some forty percent bourbon in yeah. an American bar and like Ah oh God <laughs> <laughs> Yep. And it probably is like, that rough to be fair. Hmm, this heartwood is uh remarkably <laughs> refreshing. <laughs> um yes, big bourbon vibes. We've been talking a lot about Speysides recently. Um and this one certainly fulfills that, except it's got that big fifty four point seven kick behind it. Mm. Did you know that Nadra's cop a bit of hate on the uh community? Tell tell me why Nadra's cop hate. Um I think it's because they're considered, especially some of the non age statement ones, as a bit of a sort of a cash cow. Yeah. But I think they're trying to basically compete, especially the Sherry one in that sort of Glen Farkless one oh five Abela Abanas sort of space without having you know, putting in the hard yards, without putting in the the work to create something really special. But Sometimes I like a really fiery dram, and yeah, like these are both going to be really fiery drams. I suppose it's a little bit harsh. Yeah, I don't oh, think it's. Well, the, it's not smooth. I don't think it's the best balanced whiskey out there. How would you balance it? Like, what what's too heavy and what's too light? I think it's the percentage that might be a bit too heavy. Well, I think put, I put think some water in there, Ted. I think if you took it, took out the percentage a bit, that sixteen years would be a lot sort of more smooth and honey and stuff. But then. It, it probably wouldn't have that same character, so... Mm. Shall we try? Oh, it's all about comparison here, Ted, so let's jump into Oloroso territory. Oloroso. Oh. Fruity and farty. Yeah, it is. It's got that sulfury sort of thing. It's grapey. Mm, grapey. Right. Mm. I wonder if they're... Their first fill, so I wonder if they're quite fresh. Yeah, wet casking, if you will. Well, I shall wet my cask with uh, a small sip of this. <laughs> it's a few nose hairs burnt, but I'll I'll dive into. Dry. Mmm. I was very expecting dry. sweeter than it actually is. We've um we've prepared ourselves very well for this though, by drinking a slightly lower percentage cask strength before it. <laughs> yeah. We've given a big advantage. I reckon if we come straight from a forty-three percenter, this would be like, blimey, that's spiky. Well, yeah. I. It's only a bit spiky. But the fact that I'm noticing any spike at all really dictates that it is a spiky whiskey. It coats the mouth and sort of dries the whole thing out. Mm. It's it's thicker and more syrupy than the bourbon cask. It's fruitier, absolutely. Oh, definitely. Just just going on basically colour comparison, the bourbon is kind of a light honey colour. Yeah. Whereas uh, <laughs> the other Rosu is a dark honey colour. <laughs> there we are. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we're in space. Uh, we're allowed to use honey comparisons. Yes. I I set out on this expedition really wanting to spruik the merits of the Oloroso. But the more I dive back and forwards between the two, I think the, the bourbon's better. I think the bourbon has a bit of subtlety to it. I mean, it's not the most subtle whiskey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But subtle and nadra in the same sentence is probably yeah. I know. I think the sixteen-year-old gives it a. As I said, if you drop that percentage a bit, I feel like it would be a relatively elegant whiskey. But mm. well, I mean, you are entitled to do that. Although this is about to be the end of the dram, so if you ever yeah, want to do I'm it, I'm not going to do that. You're not going to do it to the last dram, no. Um, but w- what are your thoughts? Your closing thoughts on the Oloroso? Um, it's not too bad, but. It's still like a punch to the face in a nightclub. Yeah. Uh, this is it. But the music in the background is good at the time. Yeah. yeah. I like it. the flavours, but it is rough. It's that It's that friend who, like, you enjoy at a distance, but when you actually spend some time with them, <laughs> you remember how abrasive they are. Yeah. You wish you'd poured yourself a smaller nip of them, yeah. I do like some of the flavours, but it's a bit much. Mm. And um, if you put it on a you know a pedestal with um with the uh, Glen Farkless one hundred and five, the Abelair Abana, it's a distant third. Yeah, mm. you, actually, you know what the uh, the bourbon sixteen year old makes me think of? What's that? It makes me think of comet watching or meteorite shower oh, watching. Yeah. Or something. I remember that night. We opened it that night, didn't we? We did. We I brought I brought it out as a um. A uh, good keeping us warm at night dram. Yeah, and you very generously call it meteor out watching. Yeah, I know it was, it was a terrible night of it. Watching it was for cloudy. Yeah, failing to spot, I think is probably the um, the little advance warning that goes before the word meteor out spotting. And it was yeah, it was a nice nice night. It was a pleasant night. I've... The whiskey tasted good. The company was immaculate. 
And the meteorite show was disappointing. Yes. Mm. And um, I'm yeah. sure it was glorious. Just you had to be above the cloud layer. <laughs> Indeed. So I suppose we'll think of that night as we polish off the, the remnants of this bottle and there will never be another 16-year-old Glenlivet Nadra for us, Ted. This is it. No. You've had it for a while, but the bottle is now empty. Farewell, sweet prince. Go naturally. Lord Walden commented, On tasting nights, I get meaty with Ardbeg. So what do vegetarians' <laughs> tasting nights on the 10 get other than smoke? Surely I'm not getting plant-based smoked brisket. <laughs> I feel that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Nick. Yes. You know how we're doing a whiskey night? We are doing a whiskey night, yes. We're doing we're doing one about Speyside. Yes. Um. Anyway, so the other night mm. I had a dream. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. I, I look. I had a dream. So I was having I was having this dream that we were searching for whiskey for our whiskey night. Okay. Yeah. That does um, happen. And so we're, we're usually at, online. We're at Uncle Dan's, mm-hmm. and there was this like ginormous wall of whiskey. Yeah, that sounds um, about right. Anyway, down at the very bottom shelf. <laughs> I was just I was just looking down. I just bottom this, shelf bandits. Bottom shelf bandits. I saw this plain, fairly plain bottle. It was like a sort of brown glass, a white label, a bit of gold on there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but I remember I remember sort of kneeling down, having a look, and seeing what this was. And I looked I looked at this bottle, and I was like, "Holy shit! It's a Dalmore, seventy-one year old. <laughs> so not a seventy year old, a seventy-one year old. Seventy-one. It's, it's a dream. It's got to be specific. specific. Yeah. So yeah, dream and, dream. And like I, I remember like really carefully like picking up this bottle and sort of thinking to myself geez no like, box no no, no box no no like fancy no sort of diamond plated um <laughs> personal carrying cabinet or anything <laughs> like that just picking up this looking at it and then and then i happened to uh, glance down at the price yeah 90 million 90 million 90 million <laughs> 90 million is quite a lot. <laughs> it's a fairly significant... It is a 71-year-old. I, I do remember... The, How many 71-year-olds are I there I do remember there? seeing the label and it had like... It was very long and had many <laughs> zeros. Um, to, so put that, to put that into context, the um, the world-breaking Macallan sold for about one and a half million recently. So maybe maybe one and a half million pounds. So maybe It's it's a really good bottle of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, it's a really um, rare bottle, I expect. Um, so any, anyway, though... I then remember um, scurrying off to find you, like show you this amazing bottle of whiskey. Yeah. And coming back, and someone had bloody bought it. <laughs> someone had parted with 90 million yep. in the time that it took you to find me. Yeah, that's in it. In the Isle of Dan. Just, just uh, they're probably like, oh, here's. Just on a whim. Here's my uh, Dan Murphy's card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you imagine just whipping out a casual 90 mil? Just, mm. oh, yeah, I'll add that one to the collection. We'll have it at Friday drinks with the boys. Yep. So, anyway. Uh, Two topics of discussion here for our listeners. Have you had a uh, whiskey dream before and what was it about? Um, and <laughs> and also, have you had the Dalmore 71-year-old? <laughs> and, and did you part with your cool 90 million for it? <laughs> anyway. And if so, why are you not on our sort of <laughs> tasting panel level of our Patreon? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yes, that was my dream. Mm, very good, Ted. It's a, that's a classic even by your standards. <laughs> Okay, so here is all the uh, distilleries. I hopefully get most of them, the pronunciation of most of them uh, right. Here it goes. All right, here I go. Avalau, Altavane, Othrusk, Altmore, Balmanek, uh, Balmanek, Balveni, Benriac, Benrins, Benromac, Bravel, Cardu, Cragamore, Cragelicky, Daluan, Munich. Delwini, Dufftown, Glenelgan, Glengarant, Glenkeith, Glenmorry, Glenspey, Glenallachie, Glenbergie, Glendullen. Glen it's going to be on the Glens for a while. Glenfarclas, Glenfiddich, Glenlivet, Glenlossie, Glenroths, Glentorches, Inchgower, Kenindi, Nockandu, Nockdu, aka Anak, <laughs> uh, Linkwood, Longmorn, McKellen, Manickmore, Milton Duff, Mortlach, Rose Isle, Speyburn, Speyside, Strathila, Strathmill, Tamdu, Tamnavulan, Tomintal, and Tormor. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. No! <laughs> no, Ted, you want more whiskey? I'll, I'll find some more Nadra for you. Ooh, yeah. Boy, oh boy. We have <laughs> just... Uh, well, we're still working our way through two rather large gra- glasses of um, Glenlivet Nadra. Mm. Um, 
which we just pitched head to head and had some interesting thoughts on. Um, yeah, good luck going to work tomorrow after these nandras. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, we had a good chat tonight about spay side, though. Yeah, it's all about the spay and all about the side. Mm. Um, unless we were doing apple, in which case it would be all about the spay and all about the cider. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as the whiskey oh, increases, the, the drink, the jokes get worse. Yes. Um. Yeah. Look, it was a good chat about all things spacey-ness. Yeah, and um, it it certainly certainly conjured up a few happy memories. Like, um, I've been to Speyside. Ted, you've been to Speyside. I've been to Speyside. Yeah. Yeah. You you visited. More distilleries in one day than any human has ever visited. I'm not sure you got to try any whiskey at these places. You're in such a rush. Little, little known fact that I hold the world record. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think I started off at Dallas Dew, which is well, not it's actually... dead now, isn't it? Yeah, it's dead, but it's, it's a whiskey museum. It's a lost distillery. We talked about them on our last episode. Um, went to Benriac, um, Glen Murray. Uh, well, Glen Murray's a good one. Actually, sorry, I went to Ben Romack first. Oh, Ben Romack, they have a visitor center. Good one. Yeah, Ben Romack has a wiz- wizard center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, magic happens there. Yeah, a visitor center. Um, That's actually where they, Hogwarts is, a little known fact. They've changed, the, they've changed the labeling recently. It used to be this like really sort of scrawly, handwritten-looking yeah, label, yeah. and now they've gone to this really sort of chunky, text, yeah. which I quite like, actually. But and I don't like, so... Well, I, I will say I miss the scrawly sort of one, but... Mm. I don't mind the red and white of the new label. Uh, Glen Murray, Ben Riak, mm-hmm. um, down to Glen Grant, Glen Spay. I think is that the one that you've I got you a bottle of. Is that what it's called, Glen Spay? That one that had no, kind of... it was um, Spayburn. Spayburn, Spayburn, not Glen Spay. Mm. It's hard to remember yeah, these. No. Um, Spayside, non, Spayburn, non, Glen Spay. Ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, down to McAllen, Abalawa, uh, Glen Farkless. Um, and when you, well, you're just listing off distilleries, but how much time did you spend at these places? How many of them did you drink oh, at? Well, I mean, it, it varied from place to place. Yeah. Some, some of them are like, I, I stopped outside Benriac. I stopped outside Longmorn. Right. Um, whereas, yeah, I spent a good chunk of time at um, Glen Murray, Glen Grant. They, they've got a long table. Yeah, in their I've not been room. to Glen Grant. That's one that I've not been to. I mean, it, it, it's got nice gardens. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's probably the charitable thing to say. Well, I I did I I didn't do as many I can certainly say, but I did a day where I did a Balvany three hour tour. Yeah, see, I've I've sat on a bench outside Balvany. Ah, uh, well, you have to book in. They just do the one tour and it's three I went to hours. the toilets at Glenfiddich though, and they were amazing. Well, I've I've done a previous Glenfiddich tour. <laughs> yeah. What have you done in the toilets at? Uh... <laughs> yeah, previously in the toilets, <laughs> I've I've done done a few people. No, um. Glen, Glen Fiddick is one of those must-do tours, really. One of the, the greatest tours. Not because the, what you get is anything different, because you get a sense of the scale. Mm. And it's incredible. Um, and so I did, yeah, Balvany, Glen Fiddick, did a tour in the afternoon, oh. and then visited um, Craggamore and Glen, F- Glen Libet. Been to, been to Craggamore. Mm. Um, did a tasting at Craggamore, and Glen Livet, they didn't give me any free whiskey. I've just made it into Glen Livet and managed to get a pin. Yeah, I got a um, pin as well. There. But when I, was at, whiskey, when I was at McAllen, I met a guy called Toby Wingfield Digby. Yeah, who the was the poshest very, name you're ever going to hear. It's such a posh name. He was yeah, a, but was you a, see, the thing is, you went to old McAllen. New McAllen is were, unlike anything you're ever going to see. They were building New McAllen while I was there. Yeah, and it is, I hated it. I could not stand it. I um, went to Glen Murray the same day, and I loved Glen Murray because it's so much more personable. Yeah. Um, Glen Livet was... Uh, not Glen Um, Glen Farkless was called because of the mm. tasting room there, which is built from the timber of an Australian ship. Yes, I went to Glen Farkless on the same day as that previous trip. I should have mentioned that as well. Um, and the previous day I went to Glendronic. Not a space distillery, as we've discovered, so not relevant to this discussion. Yes. Uh, yep. Been down to Craigmore. Um, there's there's some other ones I feel. I've driven fa- past Tormore. Oh yes, I've driven big past, old ugly building. I can't remember what the distillery name is. The, it had a very. It might have been Tamnavolan, maybe. Oh, here we go, people. We're we're doing the one upping. I, th- I must have deleted some things because there there were other ones. I I ended up at Glen Livet. Yeah. At the end of the day. And then we stayed the night in Tomantool. There you go. I stayed in Dufftown, in the mm. centre of Dufftown, directly above the Dufftown, the whiskey shop. Um, did you st- stay at the um at the top of the town? I mean, like up the Duff? 
<laughs> nope, but my wife was when we left. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, nah. Uh, it was a fairly eventful um, accommodation because when we got there, they'd given away our accommodation to someone else. What? I know, I know. So well, it was someone else's wife who ended up up <laughs> the duff. I know, dodged a bullet there. Um, but no, the um, the girl who ran the B&B, she's like, I'm really sorry. I can accommodate you tomorrow night, but just not tonight. My parents have a and b I feel like this is a scam. Well, I thought that, uh, or we were going to be like eaten by cannibals or inducted into a swingers group, but no, <laughs> um, they were really lovely. And um, we just had a nice night and someone's someone's parents house and uh yeah the funny thing was the parents were leaving to the airport first thing the next morning so we had to be out of there really early but it just meant that we um basically i was standing outside balvani for about three hours just like let me in let me in. <laughs> yeah it was let right me in, let me in <laughs> uh space it is look you can have so many adventures there in a mm. day absolutely just pick a road pick a direction north south east west and you will find some of the most amazing whiskey experiences you can find. Mm. Well, speaking of amazing whiskey experiences, uh, it's been a good night drinking with you, Teddy Boy. Always a good dr- night drinking with you, buddy. It is, it is. And uh, I hope some of our listeners had a good night or day or early morning. Whenever you're listening to it, I hope you had a good time as well. Indeed. Um, please go check out our Patreon. Please look us up on social medias. We post occasionally. We try to... Try to keep it up, but um, we yeah. have a bit of uh, busy life wilt. Yeah, well, this is it. We're, we're getting older these days. It's a bit harder to keep it up for yeah. an extended period of time. But Occasionally pop a little blue pill and have a uh, have a whiskey adventure and post lots. But um, Yeah, yeah. A <laughs> uh, yes. little uh, whiskey mini break and uh, go a bit crazy. Nah. The most reliable way to find us, of course, is to send a carrier pigeon. They always find us. Reliable as ever. Anyway, Nicholas... I very much well, enjoyed my chat and catching up ditto. with you. Ditto. Until the next time. Farewell. Goodbye. And good night. Keep on waffling. Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. It's all a bit of BDSM. Bloody delicious Speyside malt. Ah, love it. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what BDSM stands for. Exactly right. That's what I've always thought.